Despite progress made in diversity and inclusion initiatives, women of color continue to confront unique obstacles and challenges as they navigate their careers. From microaggressions to implicit bias, these hurdles persist, impeding professional growth and hindering workplace equity. Today, we'll explore the complexities surrounding this issue, aiming to deepen our understanding and inspire change. Whether you're a woman of color navigating your own professional journey, an ally seeking to better understand the experiences of your colleagues, or looking to foster better equity in your organization, today's conversation is for you. Welcome to the Women's Leadership Today podcast, a feature of Women's Leadership Today. I'm your host, Michelle Myers. Today, I'm delighted to be speaking with Tanette Johnson-Ely. Tanette currently serves as Vice President of Print Digital Media for the Wisconsin Black Media Association and is a lecturer in communications at Lake Forest College in Lake Forest, Illinois. Tanette spent 20 years as a reporter and business columnist for the Pulitzer Prize-winning Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, where she covered key beats including courts, education, crime, local governments, and businesses and workplace diversity. She penned a business column for the Journal Sentinel that won local and national recognition for highlighting the struggles and triumphs of small and minority-owned businesses in Metro Milwaukee. Tanette, welcome, and thank you for joining us today to talk about this important topic and share your experiences. Thank you so much, Michelle. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm so delighted to have you. And as we get started, can you tell us more about your career journey and the road to get there? Yes, uh, it's been an interesting journey, uh, a challenging one, but a very satisfying journey. And I like to look at it uh, from the theme point of always finding open doors. I think that defines my journey. I have always had to look for the open door because there often were doors that were closed to me. Mm -hmm. um, and especially in the media field, it's, it's a tough field to break into. And I actually started my career in radio, in broadcast, and I shifted over to print because um, it was just such um, a difficult uh, or it was such a challenge to navigate the broadcast world and uh, radio wasn't paying very well and newspaper at least at the entry level and newspapers were paying great and um, I saw a way in and I, I was able to just uh, fortunately with good mentors, um, you know, a lot of support. I was able to do things I never even imagined I would do, like become a business columnist. <clears throat> and at the time, um, in the mid-90s, I was one of the uh, a very few um, <clears throat> group of Black women. I, I, would say, um, I would say one of just a few at major metropolitan newspapers in the U.S. who um, had columns. Uh, on the business page of a daily newspaper. Oh, interesting. And would you say that the industry has shifted or are you still finding that many of those doors are still closed? 
I think it's um, a combination of things. I think um, there are certainly more doors that are opening um, and have opened since I've come along. Um, you're seeing African-American women and you can see it on cable news uh, with uh, several of them have shows. Um, you, you're seeing African-American women. Yes, more are out here um, elevating their voices. They're writing columns. Um, and you have women in leadership and management. Uh, but the industry still has a long way to go or there's still work to be done because when you look at um, the percentage of women of color and black women at the senior ranks, um, there's still a lot of progress to be made. Many listening today can relate to the shared experiences we have as women in the workplace, but can you give us a picture of the particular expectations that are placed on women of color that may not be placed on, on others? Um, yes, I think that, um, you know, women of color face unique challenges um, in the workplace and in advancing their careers. And I think the expectation, uh, the expectations that we often encounter are that uh, we're expected to work harder um, we're expected to uh, prove ourselves repeatedly often. And we, we have to do this in, and navigate um, bias and stereotypes about our identities and what we are capable of in the workplace. And also on top of that, you know, we face, I think all women face expectations, right? That mm -hmm. their white male counterparts, I guess in terms of trying to earn the same respect, we often have to work harder. We have to prove ourselves. But African-American women and women of color, it's a double whammy in that we also face racial and a combination of both racial and gender bias. Mm -hmm. And this can result in, you know, lower pay for us, slower career progression based on those uh, biases and limited access to opportunities. And you mentioned being held to a different set of expectations. What is the long-term impact of being held to another level of those expectations? Um, well, that's a great question. I mean, you know, in the short term, it, it, manif it can manifest itself in terms of you as a woman of color or me as a woman of color, uh, have, you know, have, feeling that pressure. So you work longer hours, you, you find yourself working, you know, 50, 60 hour work weeks, you're over prepping, um, you know, being uh, over prepared for things. Um, you, you start to lose confidence in yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, you start to question your, your, competence and, and question who you are. And the long-term effect is one, you cannot sustain this. It's not sustainable. And often when we're brought in um, to senior level positions, um, often it's after there's been a crisis, uh, the department um, or the, the, yeah, the area you're, 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 you're charged with leading could be in disarray, you're dealing with uh, often sometimes with employees with low morale, 
and you're expected to produce miracles and fix all these problems with limited resources, huh. uh, perhaps a limited uh, uh, lack of a strong team. And what happens is you can't sustain uh, all of the things you have to do to make it work. So this, the long-term effect of this is women of color leaving the workplace uh, at higher rates than than other women, than you know, than their white uh, colleagues and uh, white women colleagues. And um, this this is uh, you know, we leave out of frustration. Uh, it leads to increased stress, health issues. I know a friend who told me she ended up with lupus after having to deal with a very stressful and um, you know unsupportive work situation or work environment. Um, and you know we leave uh, you you feel undervalued and you feel again, you have to work so hard to try to get the same respect as your white colleagues. And um, in the long term, you know there's a there's a sense of we don't have a sense of belonging. In, in these in these environments. And what support systems can organizations put into place to bring more equities and opportunities to women of color that might be overlooked and to also help prevent this burnout that leads to this this higher turnover and uh, you know this drain on both your mental and physical well-being? Well, as far as support systems, mentoring is really important. It, huh. It's it's vitally important that women of color are provided and given access to mentors uh, who can provide that guidance and support and even point them to resources that they may not otherwise have access to. Uh, training is very important for women of color, um, training programs, um, you know, um, just again, having a supportive environment. We do well with collaboration um, with other colleagues and, and just having, a, you know, a team atmosphere. But I think the number one thing for organizations is that they've got to be serious about diversity, equity, and inclusion. It can't just be lip service or window dressing. We, you know, organizations need to, it, it's very important to walk the talk and, and it has to be from the top down. Um, it can't just be, you know, um, piecemeal or, um, you know, on an individual, you know, individual departments. It, it has to be throughout the organization and it has to be a mission and a commitment. And when you have that throughout, then the support systems will come into play that can help women of color succeed and feel that sense of belonging in the workplace. And you mentioned that uh, sort of these, these closed doors or these sort of extra level of expectations even occur at the executive level. And I think a lot of us would think like, well, once you reach the top, the pressure would sort of be off. But I know when we spoke before, uh, you certainly painted a different picture of that. Can you talk about that a little bit for us? Again, it goes back to those expectations and 
the types of situations we're brought into when we reach the executive levels. Again, uh, we often can inherit departments that are understaffed. Um, perhaps there, you know, again, there's been a crisis or um, it's, it's just a, a situation where you're expected to fix problems. And often th perhaps there's not enough patience uh, because you're trying to learn the role and then you're having to deal with issues that you may not have created or that were uh, longstanding problems uh, that have you know festered and gotten worse and you're coming into what could be a toxic or challenging situation. Uh -huh. And without the support, without mentoring, without training, without coaching, I forgot to mention that earlier, that's so important for us. And time, I think giving us time uh -huh. because we tend to beat ourselves up, especially as women in general, but you know, especially women of color um, because we're not perfect. We, we try to, um, you know, perform to a level uh, coming in new into these situations that may be unrealistic uh, because we're just starting and we need time. And the, the challenge is you're expected to do high level thinking and planning and, and but yet you still, because you, 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 you might have a limited staff or, um, a lack of staffing or, or not enough people, right, on your team. And so you're you're finding yourself doing uh, you know, double duty. You're mm -hmm. you're work operating at a high level, you know, doing the planning and overseeing and managing people and and um but yet you have to jump in and do day-to-day -day duties because you don't have the staff in place. Um so you know, I hope that answers your question. I think so. And where do you see most organizations falling short? Or let me back up. In what area do you do you see organizations uh, falling short the most? And where do you think organizations should really be um, pinpointing their their efforts to turn things around? That's a good question. Um, you know, I, I guess from my experience with the um, when I covered workplace diversity, um, I think again just overcoming um, the natural tendency to to um, I think operate from a biased point of view in who you who um, gets promoted, who gets um, the attention, who gets um, you know, I guess the training and and who gets to go through the doors and um, who gets support. I, I think organizations have to remove those um, natural and unconscious bias that people have um, and start to see, look around and see who's not in the room, who's not getting access to opportunities who's not getting the special projects, uh, who do we have on our team? And I, I think it's just organizations have to be more strategic and committed to doing the work that it takes to, 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 um, to, to improve and, and to make things better 
for women of color in the workplace. If, if you're serious and you want diversity and you want women of color at the table, then it takes a strategy. And it's, it, it's embedding that into your mission mm. as to who you are as an organization. And once you become mission driven and focused on that, then it won't be such a struggle. I like what you're saying, embed that into mm -hmm. the mission of the organization. And have you come across organizations uh, that are doing a better job at supporting women and particularly women of color? Yeah, I have come across organizations that, that are doing a, a, a better job or a good job. But again, it's not, still not utopia, even if they are, but the, or the ultimate that, that they're, they're there, right? But course, they're yeah. trying, they're, they're aware. It's, it's what I'm talking about. It's part of who they are. It's not force. It's not something they have to force. It's and those organizations have men and women of color, but particularly women of color at the table making decisions. Mm -hmm. Right? They're consulting them, and they're bringing them in, and they're they're um, consulting them and using their expertise uh, to help others. So I think it's 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 just being um, intentional about how they're doing things. And Tenet, what do you think women as allies can do on a personal level to better support our colleagues in the workplace, uh, even if it's on a day-to-day -day level? Well, I think, and that's a great question to uh, issue to raise. I think it's important that, you know, we're all sisters, right? And we're all in this together. So we have to recognize that. And I think, um, all women sh uh, should um, try to be advocates um, if you're in those power positions and you see and recognize that women of color are not being treated fairly or there's not equity um, and you can be an advocate, then become that advocate and speak up. If you see bias if you see someone being tre uh, treated unfairly or not getting a fair shake, then speak up, you know, and I know it takes a lot because, you know, it takes a lot of courage to do something like that. But, you know, think about the difference that that woman could make if she becomes a, an advocate and she speaks up and she, she pushes for change. Um, the other thing, you know, educate, your your male counterparts and leaders about what they need to do or or what they're what they're missing or who they're overlooking um, it's also collaborating collaborate with women of color bring us into the fold when it comes to projects and when it comes um, to yeah presentations for example um, at one of the universities I taught at, um, I was brought in to a presentation on um, service learning, and I was able to travel the, uh, to several um, big conferences in other parts of the country uh, with these women. And I was the only African-American woman and woman of color on the team, 
but they brought me in and it was a wonderful experience for them as well as for me because they learned some things from me that they didn't know from my perspective and I learned from them. Mm -hmm. So collaboration is a great way for us to partner and work together and, and don't see it as uh, you, that you, only women of color will benefit from that type of um, collaboration and, and um, togetherness. Think about it as how you can benefit too, uh, how all women can benefit. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I, I like what you're saying, you know, collaboration, partnership mm -hmm. and speaking up. Mm -hmm. I think it's so easy for us to sort of put the, I don't know if blame's the right word, but put the focus or responsibility onto the organization and at the organizational level, which it certainly is, but also on the individual level, you know, what can we do better um, as individuals and personally? And again, I love what you're saying, the collaboration, the partnership, through having that courage to to speak up when we see something isn't the way that it should be. Absolutely. It makes all the difference in the world. And and goodness, as women, we certainly need to be there uh, across the board to support each other, don't we? And, yes. and that's why we're that's why we're here today, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. It's it's I mean, we we must uh, support each other and um, be that voice and help if you're in a position. And that's always been my approach. Even when I wrote the column that I wrote, it was always how do I, who's not at the tables, table, I'm sorry, um, whose voices are we not hearing? Who's left out? And I've always tried to elevate those who have not had a voice. And I think that's the role that all women can play in this. Well, I think it's wonderful that you had an opportunity to be a voice for, for women that didn't have that voice themselves. Yes, thank you. And I'm hoping that um, I soon will be a voice again with uh, a soon-to-be-released podcast uh, highlighting successful uh, women of color. I'm very excited. Uh, as you know, we've had our podcast for going for a while now, and it's been uh, a wonderful experience. I've been able to meet and speak with amazing women such as yourself, and I'm very excited for you to have that opportunity. And it's one more outlet to give um, a voice, as you say, to very underrepresented women. So I'm, I'm very excited about that project for you. Thank you so much, Michelle. Danette, well, thank you so much for joining us today to discuss this very important and challenging topic. I know we only scratched the surface a little bit, but hopefully it's a great way uh, to get the discussion going. And I certainly appreciate you being here with us today. Thank you, Michelle. It's been a pleasure. And I'm always um, happy to talk about this topic because it's one that I'm very passionate about. So I appreciate the opportunity to come on. Thank you. Well, thank you. And I'd also like to thank all of our listeners for joining us. We release two episodes a month available to watch on YouTube. And you can listen to us on Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, or on your favorite streaming service. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe today, and follow along with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for listening. The Women's Leadership Today podcast is just one feature of the Women's Leadership Today community. We empower women to advance in their career through targeted professional development learning experiences and resources, such as live and on-demand courses, customized training solutions, up-to-date publications, and more. Visit womensleadershiptoday.com to join our community and take your career to the next level. Together, we can empower women everywhere to lead, innovate, and inspire change.